That's the sizzle of McDonald's new hotter and juicier 100% fresh beef quarter pounder burger. Sounds good, right? Hold up. You can't hear that mouth-watering sound or taste that beefy, melty, cheesy deliciousness until you order yours, because that's when they cook it. So if you want to hear this, followed by this, mm. hit this. And turn into McDonald's now. McDonald's new hotter and juicier quarter pounder burgers. So good, they'll leave you speechless. Hotter and juicier compared to prior quarter pound beef patty. Available in most restaurants in contiguous U.S. Not available in Alaska, Hawaii, and U.S. territories. By any of the 133 Los Angeles area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores, where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Born to Talk radio show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Just a little snippet about my show if you're listening for the first time. I believe in the three C's. Conversations plus connections equals community. And whether it's where you live or where your interest lies, we can come together and learn about each other. And that's why you'll hear me say, what's your story? Because we all have them, and I'm here to share the great stories about my guests with you each week. My guest today is Robert Manny. He is an author, a radio show host, a blogger, a husband, and a dad, and much, much more. Welcome to the show, Robert. Oh, thank you, Marcia. It's so good to be here, and uh, congratulations on your new podcast. I feel honored to be part of it. Oh, thank you. Here we are, coast to coast. Isn't that beautiful? I, I love awesome. that. And you and I are part of those three C's I, I spoke about in the opening. We're sitting here. You're on the right side of the map. I'm on the left side of the map. I yep. don't know what the weather is. What's the weather like in, in your house today? Uh, it's, uh, we, what's happening in New York, uh, the weather is like it's beautiful one day, and then it's cold mm-hmm. and dreary the next day. And uh, we're still not out of April yet. So today we got another. Yesterday was beautiful. Today it's cold and cloudy. So uh, you know we we just can't get out of out of the out of the uh, cold weather. But now they say, you know, yesterday was mm-hmm. 50, and they say in two days from now it's going to be close to 90. So that's uh, New York weather for you. There you go. It's like, did, we, did you get spring, or are you just kind of waiting for it? Right? It's kind of weird. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, exactly. Well. As I said, I'm so interested in collecting stories because I think that that's what makes my show interesting and entertaining and inspiring and informative. So with that in mind, what's your story? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a regular guy uh, on a spiritual quest leading a regular life, if you will. Um, My background's in the uh, advertising and marketing, a long career in uh, on the, in uh, big time ad agencies, working on global brands that you'll be very familiar with, and um, also on the client side as a marketer also. And um, I, about five years ago, I decided that I'd made enough money for everybody else that I wanted to uh, <laughs> kind of launch my own brand. And I started with my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, and have kind of built a quote unquote guy's guy's platform and brand from there. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. You have a fabulous, fabulous website. 
Um, you want to tell people how they can how they can find you on your website? Yeah, sure. It's pretty easy. It's my name, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I dot com, and um, it's built around uh, uh, the blog, and the blog is mm-hmm. built around the book. The book, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, is um, about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. And the, the main character in the book, um, he writes a, uh, a blog, if you will, uh, a column for a women's mm-hmm. magazine. And it's about men and kind of a peek under the tent for women to see how men really are. And so mm-hmm. I patterned the uh, website the same way. And I have ended up on the website. I've written over 300 blogs, and many of them are now syndicated with Your Tango and Good Man Project and Cupid's Pulse and Go Dates and Huffington Post. A lot of them are uh, It's based on the character. The main character in the book was writing this anonymous column. Well, now uh, fiction has uh, created uh, truth here because I am following <laughs> – or it has created reality. <laughs> I'm actually following what the main character did, and I didn't. It didn't happen on purpose. It just kind of happened. But that's life. Just so on on the website there is there's the yeah. blog. There's a section about me. There's a section about the novel. You can download three free chapters of the novel. Um, there's nice. a whole section on Guys Guys Radio, which we'll get into. There's a media section mm-hmm. with all of uh, my. Uh, work and interviews and stuff on other platforms. There's some videos we put together. There's a guy's guy kind of brand sizzle reel video, as well as some uh, tutorial videos uh, for men to help men to be the best they can be. And also there's an event page. There's an archive of my 300 plus blogs and uh, the Mm -hmm. contact information. And it's all free. Uh, I'm not charging for anything, and again, you Mm -hmm. can get three free chapters of the book there so you can get a taste and decide, hey, do I want to keep going with this, and uh, uh, I hope people will check it out. Well, I can tell you, I was looking at some of the videos, just the short one-minute videos where people had had asked you a question and you were responding in a video. I loved those. Quick, easy, um, informative. some information for women, some information for men. I just, I just thought it was great. About your Thank you. family, because you, you were, you were a single guy for a long time, weren't you? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I was single for so long that when I'd go home for Thanksgiving, uh, nobody even bothered asking me when I was getting married anymore. Um, and I was very happy <laughs> being single. I'd have, I'd, I wasn't just a serial dater. I had girlfriends and long to live in mm-hmm. to live in relationships and um they just didn't I didn't make the next step and um I'm mm-hmm. I'm actually now looking back I'm glad I didn't because um I got to a point where uh I realized that I must be doing something wrong because none of the relationships was as fulfilling as I wanted them to be and I wasn't the best uh, that I could be for my partner and I probably should have uh, cut those relationships off earlier I didn't it's my fault but I had the epiphany, and I don't know exactly how and when I got it, but I finally realized that to really connect with somebody else, you have to make room in your heart for a partner. And once I did that, I was home on uh, Thanksgiving, and I told my mom, I said, you know, Mom, I'm going to get married in a year. And she said, really? Who's the, who, who are you getting married to? I said, I don't know. I haven't met her yet, and, uh, but I know I will. And because of that, mindset and my heart opening, if you will, I did meet the right person uh, a year later. Um, She was on Match.com for a three-day trial, 
She winked at me. I wrote back. Uh, I had broke my rule about uh, I had a whole platform in terms of uh, how I would meet women on Match.com. We'd go, you know, I would send a note, mention something in their profile. They'd get back to me. I'd send them my number so they could feel comfortable, and then they would send me their number invariably. We'd have a quick conversation because the energy shifts when you have a conversation, and then we would meet. And in this case, mm-hmm. my wife-to-be, which I didn't know at the time, she said, let's just meet. She had never been on a dating site before. Her sister told her to get on because she was in the middle. She was fi- finalizing a divorce. And I said, well, I don't know. And then I thought about it. And I said, you know what? You're making up all these rules. Why Break rules. Fun. Dating's a fun sport. A little romance, a little mystery. So I met her, and um, that was it. And we started dating. Mm. And um I didn't date anybody else after that. That was the end of it. And we have been married uh, for a number of years now, and we have a son who is going to turn five, and uh, everything's good. And she's a good person and uh, my best friend, and uh, she's my teacher, mm. as well as my son being my teacher. And, um, you know, we everybody has their moments and all that, every relationship. But all in all, uh-huh. I'm, I'm glad I waited, and uh, and I'm glad I had the epiphany about what I needed to do to be a better man, and it all worked out. Well, I'm going to just say from a very personal position here, and I don't, I don't know that people are necessarily interested in that about me, but as a widow for nine years, I ultimately found myself on dating sites as well. And I, I, I listened to your information about what you just said about Match. I am on that, that site as well. I, you give me hope because I haven't had quite the same experiences that you've just described. I'm a little older, and that might play a part in it. But um, it's encouraging to know that these sites can ultimately um, um, come into something that's really positive. So that that actually makes me quite happy. Um, Back to your book. Oh, no, did you want to add to that? I'm sorry. Well, I would just say um, that, you know, technology and dating is uh, the best of all worlds and the worst of all worlds. You have to know how to put your arms around it. You can't spread Mm -hmm. yourself too thin on there. I don't mean you specifically by any means, Mm -hmm. but people tend to spread themselves too thin. They, they, tend to look at people sometimes as disposable, which they're not. These are people behind the clicks are people. And, um, you, you know, you, you have an opportunity to meet uh, a lot of wonderful people um, that you would never meet in, in your day-to-day life. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there's nothing, you know, back in the old days when it's like, hi, my name's Luke, can I buy you a drink or whatever, as, as cheesy right. as that is, uh, it actually uh, helped develop the art of conversation um, for men. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of young guys are limited in that way because they are so tied to their technology. It's very understandable. But the guys mm-hmm. who can really make waves in the dating game is the ones who get out there. You're never going to make a real connection unless you're face-to-face with somebody. So uh, my recommendation to everybody is keep it short. When you're doing the online thing or you're swiping on an app or whatever, keep it short, meet mm-hmm. the person, and then chemistry takes over for there. You can't, you can't uh, fake chemistry. And you can't make no. somebody, you can't make yourself feel something that you don't feel and vice versa. And I would also just say this, and then we'll go on about your book. If you present yourself in a profile that really isn't who you are, you won't be able to maintain that. So be honest no. to start with. If you really yes. don't want to 
scuba dive and get on the back of somebody's motorcycle and jump from an airplane, <laughs> then that's probably not going to be a good match, you know. And so I, right. when I go through these sites myself, you know, I'm looking at would I be interested in you also would you be interested in me? Are our interests anywhere near compatible? And if they're not, and you live 150 miles away, that ain't going to work. But well, that, you're, you're probably more cir- circumspect than uh, half of the people who are on these dating sites because a lot of people just they don't know what they're looking for, and they're yes. just t- dipping their toe in the water, and they yes. haven't thought about well, what do I have to offer? Yeah, exactly. But I like what you said. I, I'm sorry, we're just still talking about this. One of the things that you said on your site that you mentioned just now is you said looking at somebody's profile, ask them a question. Where did where was your favorite vacation? Or what sport do you really like? Or where do you like to take your photography? Where was your most exciting travel adventure? And that is the open-ended question that begins the dialogue that at least lets you see if there's some cat. How quickly does the person respond? But anyway, we could spend an entire show about that, but I don't want yeah. to because this is all about you. So in, 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 in back to your guy's guy, because I just love that. The guy's guy's guy. That's a good, 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 good. Um, when did you write that novel? How, when, when did you first publish that? How well, it first end? came out uh, early in 2012, and uh, um, I wrote okay. it uh, a couple of years before. Uh, it, uh, this mm-hmm. book came out quickly. It took me about six months to write it and about a year mm-hmm. and a half to edit it. Um, I had <laughs> written a novel previously, which was uh, my kind of practice novel, and I'm glad, I'm very glad I did because it taught me the process of writing a novel, and I had I had read like 50 books about how to write a novel. I attended seminars and writers groups and everything. Mm -hmm. And when I got to my second book, I realized, okay, don't make it about you. Do the third person um, and Mm -hmm. uh, just tell the story and and know what the ending is. And um, that's at least for myself. I I needed to Mm -hmm. know where this goes. For some people, they just, you know, they just start writing. But I ended up uh, probably hacking off a hundred pages out of the book um, because uh, you really, as you're in the process of, of, of writing, you, uh, you add a lot in there, and ultimately you have to ask yourself the question, is this section, even though it might be beautiful and it lets me know like what's behind the couch uh, in, the, in the room of the novel, if you will, is it necessary to tell the story? Right. Good question to ask yourself. What inspired you to write it to start with? That's what I'm curious to know. Well, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to write. I don't know why. And when I was in high school, I did a journal about our baseball mm-hmm. team, and it got out, it got out, and some of the English teachers started reading it to the class, and uh, and I, I I really felt strongly about that's what I wanted to do. Why I don't know. It was just one of mm-hmm. those things. And then I went to college, mm-hmm. uh, Villanova University, and was an English major, but I was Ooh. a fish out of water there because. Villanova is not known for its English program, and my friends were all in business. And then after school, I got a job in business, and I didn't want to. I figured, you know what? If I want to write, I really want to know the world. And if I just start writing, mm-hmm. I don't want to be the struggling artist. I, I'm good at business too. So I got my MBA at night. I got some jobs. I traveled all around the globe at a very young age, and I got my nice. MBA at night while I was working. And then I kind of worked my way up the food chain at major corporations as well as advertising agencies, and I got got to really get a great experience and tickets around the world and around the country paid for by clients. And I had, you know, guides, if you will, when I went to the different co- countries and cities 
the business contacts there would show me around and everything. And I really got a wonderful education in, in the world that really helped mm-hmm. me for writing. So then when I decided I want to write, I knew, I believe others, I know we have Google, but I believe you still <laughs> need to write about uh, things that are passionate for you and, um, and that you know about. You can look up some stuff, but you really have to know what you're talking about. So I figured I want to write about business and love and I want to help people. And I want also That's, spirituality to be in the book. So I embedded a section yes. and a character in the novel. Uh, a Reiki master is in the book, and he's very it's very low-key, but I wanted to embed the book with Reiki and also have somebody who talks about spirituality in there. So there's three main characters. Uh, there's the main character is kind of like the regular guy. His name is Max uh, Halliday. And then there's his uh, best friend who's a real womanizer, but he, he has a purpose and he has a reason why he behaves. He doesn't force himself. He's not a Me Too uh, uh, perpetrator, if you will. He's just a happy mm-hmm. uh, happy hustler, if you will. And um, then there's the spiritual guy who's kind of the conscience of the book. So there's three men. Uh, it's been, the book's been, mm-hmm. been compared to Sex in the City, a male Sex uh-huh. in the City. But as we know, men and women, you know, the four ladies in Sex in the City, they sit around, have their cosmos, and talk about men. Guys don't roll that way. So I wanted to show mm-hmm. women, you know what, this is how men really are. And it's not, it's, you, you, you can tell yourselves what you want about how you think men are, but this is how they really are. And you know what, it's not that bad. <laughs> I like that. That's great. And by the way, this is a sidebar, and I can always assure you that there's going to be sidebars with me. Villanova, okay, that's quite a basketball team, and I'll just leave yep. it at that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess I could, then we could spend the next hour just talking about ball um, because, see, that's something I enjoy. I'd love so it, sure. What, when you, I, do, I do too. Um, so what is a guy's guy? I mean, what, what does that mean? Well, you know, it's a it's a regular guy, it's a man's man, but it's not the 1950s version of a man man. It's a contemporary version of a of a, a real man, and that's uh, you know, a guy's guy has casual confidence, uh, unassuming strength, um, a seductive type of integrity, uh, emotional intelligence, uh, uh, style, but a timeless style, and he's also fun. So he's a a regular guy in the best sense of the word. He's a guy that other guys want to hang out with, and he's a guy that women like. Well, that sounds perfect. Um, a lot's happened um, in our world and since your book launched, and certainly the Me Too um, movement has been very prominent in the news. I mean, just as of even yesterday. What do you think men need to know and do right now based on that that experience? That's yeah, a great question. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting. I started working on the sequel to this book, and it's going to be about – the uh, kind of womanizer guy who has uh, he has his comeuppances in the first book, and he becomes the character everybody talks about. And then I decided to hold it because the Me Too happened, and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I noticed when I saw the uh, the movie version of Entourage, because my book has a very Sex and the City Entourage kind of blue sky vibe. And I noticed mm-hmm. when I watched the movie Entourage that they had kind of um, lost their way from the, the 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 timing was off that that time frame that bro culture thing it kind of ended and the movie doubled down on it and i think it turned people off and it got bad reviews it was you know it was a fun movie and everything but it, i don't mm-hmm. think it was i think it's time had passed 
And I said, okay, I'm going to hold off on this, and I'm going to come out after after things kind of settle down. Now, I think for men, what they have to understand is some guys in power have done some bad things. And to me, as mm-hmm. a regular kind of guy, um, you know, I don't understand why who's always had to work to get dates and work to be out with pretty smart ladies. Why, if you're in a position of power and you make a lot of money, why are you, excuse my language, masturbating in a plant in a lobby of a hotel or mm-hmm. something? Why, why can't mm-hmm. you just, you could get dates. Uh, so right. it's very it's very damning for uh, the rest of men, for certain guys to behave like that. But I guess there's a little bit of that guy in all guys, we basically have that DNA, so we have to now listen. We have to listen to how this is, has a, a impacted and affected all the women that are out there, all the women that we know, mm-hmm. because there's so many who have been really um, deeply affected by it, and not all of them, yes. but a lot of them have. And so we have to step back as guys and say, okay, we have to listen to the ladies because we want things to be good for them, because this mm-hmm. is a time where it's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be, but it's also a time where it's never been less clear who they are. So I think what guys need to do is step back and really listen to women. And I think what women really need to do is just be careful, have it out, put it out there, but um, let's not make this open season on all men because there are some Correct. good guys out there. And um, let's, let's not be, paint everybody with the same brush. And if guys have made mistakes, let's not repeat the mistakes that guys may have made. Let's take this up a notch and teach men and women how we can be. And I think if everybody looks at this from a perspective of how can we make things better, then we'll have a chance to make things better. And uh, my number one advice to men would be just listen, okay? Don't, mm-hmm. don't get all defensive and all of this. And you know what? Just, just listen. This is a time to listen because women have been, let's face it, throughout culture, throughout history, women have been repressed. They've been treated unfairly. Mm-hmm. They're still not paid the same amount. This is a time now where women are finally getting their long overdue recognition. There's more mm-hmm. and more good things to come for them. Men are at a, in a time where you have to really evaluate everything. And it's a tricky time mm-hmm. for guys. But it still, I believe it's never been a better time to be a man if you're a good man. So work on being a good man. And you might get some, uh, low, you might get some cheap shots taken at you. Don't worry about it. Just be authentic, be yourself, and be a guy's guy. I, I so agree with everything you said. There's, there's just a level of sensitivity. I think we're all a little nervous right now um, about just comments like, can you, is it, a, is it something to say, gee, you look really nice today. Um, even as a female saying that to another woman, you know, that's such a pretty dress on you. And, and I hear myself thinking, is that okay? And then I, and I say to myself, what is your intention? You don't have any power over this woman. You're just simply complimenting her. And as a dad yeah. of a son, as your son grows older, these will also be your, your roles to, to model for your son the way men treat women. And, and I think that this Me Too has done a lot to bring women to a voice that maybe they just never felt they had before. And what you added to this, I think, is just terrific. Um, you you have, besides this fabulous book you've written, people can hear you because you do a podcast. You and I share that in common. So I'd like to know, uh, why did you launch your Guy's Guy radio podcast? 
Well, it all began as a, initially it was a promotion as part of uh, the book, and I had the idea, mm-hmm. and one of my uh, PR people, um, and somebody who was doing all my digital work, I said, uh, she's a, a woman from Hong Kong, and she had a beautiful British accent and uh, very smart. And I said, why don't we do a show, and we'll do like, you know, man and woman, and uh, we'll take calls and stuff like that. So we did one show, and we got... A lot of people tuned in, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. And then we did one or two more, and then she, we had a business falling out, basically. And she's like, I'm mm-hmm. not doing this anymore. So I'm like, okay, I have to make a decision at that point. Do I drop the show or do I keep going? I said, I'm doing this. I believe in it. So I called up a buddy mm-hmm. of mine. He has a one-act uh, show. He's out in Burbank right now, actually. His, his oh, show no is kidding. called my, my Son, the Waiter, A Jewish Tragedy. His name is Brad Zimmerman. And I said, Brad. Oh, I've seen um, that. Advertise. Yeah, it's he's a close friend of mine. I have. I've seen it. They advertise it in the. Yeah. Highly recommend it. It's very funny, Mm -hmm. and uh, he pours Mm -hmm. his heart and soul into it. But anyhow, I said, Brad, come on, Mm -hmm. I'm doing this podcast. Call. All he used to do is call in, and I figured he's a comedian. He he and he loves to talk. So we had a good show. And then I started scratching my head and saying, Okay, I got to get somebody else. I got somebody who does. uh, He's a fantasy sports expert. And uh, so I'm like, okay, let's talk about the baseball season coming up. And you can, you know, you can promote your uh, website that does fantasy uh, prognostication. So he came on and Mm -hmm. then I got somebody else. And then all of a sudden a publicist found me and she started sending me some uh, writers and some spiritually metaphysical people. And um, I really had a new connection there. And I started thinking like, you know what? I have a platform now where I can talk about not just the dating stuff, but um, mm-hmm. I can get into areas, broader areas, where we can help men um, raise their frequency, raise their vibration. There's so many guys out there, Marsha, who are boomers or GXers who – more so the boomers. They're starting to think about, is this all there is? I've got the paycheck. I've got my title. I'm 25 pounds overweight, and I can't run around the block. There's got to be something mm-hmm. more, and I'm tired. And there is. And a lot of these guys, they can't take the time off to go to a retreat in Peru, and they're not, they're not going to do yoga or whatever. And I'm like, okay, they they are interested in what they can do. And I have friends of mine. They ask me. They say, hey, you know, give me a diet tip or something like that, and I'll give them something. And then it's up to them. You never know what people are going to do. But I thought, you know what, guys, let's give guys a chance. I'll put this out there. I know I'm going to have to go through women to get the guys. The book, my book is really for men because it's about men. Mm-hmm. And the, every guy who has read the book who has written to me has said, you, you got us. This is how we you are. You nailed it. But most of, the, yeah. most of the readers, because this is a rom-com, are women. Uh, so yeah. I figured I'll just put this stuff out there. I'm going to try to appeal to everybody, uh, mm-hmm. men and women, who want to, uh, men and women to be their best. Everyone wins. And keep it positive. As corny as Absolutely. that sounds, I think, it, no, I think it it's, it's, it's necessary. It There's sense. so much negativity. My wife and I, we were watching mm-hmm. a Showtime last night. You know, Westworld came on, the season premiere. I cannot, okay. I lost count at about 200 the amount of dead bodies I saw in a in a oh. forty five to sixty minute show, and it's a great show and it's great writing. So much death and destruction, and just every movie that's out there. There was another one; it was HBO's movie, The Hitman's Buddy, or something like that, with Ryan Reynolds, oh, yeah. who's a very likable rom com actor. Hitman's yeah, bodyguard. Yeah. Right, and it was just yeah. senseless, just ultra violence, and, and the, it's like Hollywood. What has happened? There's no rom-coms. So now you got 
now you got to watch the what is it the book club or something like that with Jane Fonda. I'm sort of tired of um, murder and mayhem for me personally. Probably that's why I'll put on, you know, basketball. <laughs> no, I'll watch sports yeah. instead. And it's, well, that's it's, what I'll it's, do. It's My wife, she watched the whole uh, the whole uh, uh, four seasons of the Jane Fonda Lily Tomlin show. Um, oh yeah, like adults, you know. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure the name of it, but I was to me it was torture. Yeah. So I ran into the other room and was watching Villanova in the bedroom right through the NCAA <laughs> championship exactly. game. But anyhow, exactly. the point is, guys are interested in in, but they they don't. They, 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 there comes a point where you have to make a step. You have to do something and stick with it. I'll say. Try, somebody said to me the other day, give me one tip, you know. And I said, well, I get up every morning and I drink a big glass of water and I, I squeeze it on an empty stomach. I squeeze organic lemon in it or I have a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in it or I put pascalite clay into it. And this is what the three different things do. But I start every single day on an empty mm-hmm. stomach with a huge glass of water and it helps. And um, there's a mm-hmm. reason I went through all this health stuff, but... Anyhow, the I point know. is men are looking too. for ways. There's a lot mm-hmm. of mini steps. Everybody's on their own path and their own timing. So you can't force people to do stuff and you can't judge them. They're just going to do what they do. So I figured I'll use my platform. I'm going to learn. I'm going to put it out there. And then hopefully, collectively, we all you know, work, work our way up together. You bet. How long, how long have you been doing your podcast? Has it been a while? Yeah, about four years. We've done 278 wow. podcasts. So once a week until recently, wow. I decided I'm going to see if I, what doing two a week feels like. And mm-hmm. uh, now, and based on some of the things we chatted about, I'm going to do some pre-records because mm-hmm. this summer I'm going to be traveling and I'm going to write a, uh, I'm going to be writing a book, a nonfiction book for, for about exactly what we're talking about for men. Terrific. Yeah, you know, you're, you're ahead of me by a year. Uh, I've I've been doing this just my anniversary was April it was three years and for me personally my journey I started actually in a studio right here where I live in Westchester which is a community within Los Angeles and when and it was an audio visual show so much different than what you and I are doing my guests all had to be in the studio um, now with this platform, I'm it's a terrific show, by the way. I, that's how I saw oh. you interviewing Derek Rydell, and that's how I yes. got in touch with Derek, and that's how I got in touch with you. I just found you on the internet. And I just want to thank you because I remember that, and I got to Derek Rydell. He he wrote the Abundance uh, Project through a publicist. Mm-hmm. When when publicists start contacting us as hosts, you you there is something very legitimizing about that. It makes you feel right. like, wow, maybe I'm I'm onto something here. And that is exactly how you and I met, which I think that that's that whole connections and conversation in this community that I was talking about. This this opportunity on this type of a show allows both of us to speak to people regardless of where they live. And I see that as, you know, I I, I would the intimacy of looking at you while we're speaking, but in reality, this really does open up my world globally to people sure. that are anywhere, whether they're local, whether they're from my Toastmasters club, or they're somebody that that used to work at work out at the YMCA when I was the membership director there, or I've just come across them walking outside and standing behind somebody in line, and the next thing you know, I'm deep in conversation and I'm handing out my business card. So I think it's fun what what we do, 
um, to be able to take what we enjoy um, and share it with others. Would you consider your show to be a bro show, or do you think that you find that just as many women are love and read listening? I know I love listening to it, and I'm not a bro, but what would you well, think about that? Um, I, I don't think it's a bro show because I think uh, when people hear bro show, and it's a little bit you know tricky with the, with the title, Guy's Guy, but I figured, you know what, it right. is what it is, and I've got it trademarked and everything. And um, sure. bro show means like man show to a lot of people where it's like Adam Carolla's show, which was fun, but it's like beer and boobs and babes and football. Mm-hmm. And uh, my show, I love all those things, but I don't – that's not the focus of it. It's the focus of it is to help everybody kind of – do better and get better, and mm-hmm. um, but have some fun on the way too. Because if you know, uh, hey, Stormy Daniels, you want to come on the show and talk about your career as a stripper? You're welcome. <laughs> I think people would be interested. And also, uh, you know, I have channelers like Paul Selig. Um, I had Michael Tamura, who is a very well-known clairvoyant and spiritual teacher, mm-hmm. on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Sarah R. Adams, who is a very interesting metaphysical person i've had uh mm-hmm. bill bennett who just did a new movie about intuition on and then a lot of the guests who are psychics um have been on the show and it's just just keep opening up and as you say marcia once the publicists find you um i started mm-hmm. out with one who was feeding me and now i'm getting fed by so many and then other people yes. just people who want to be guests they contact me and say, hey, I'd like to be your guest. Here, here's what I've got. And, you know, we have to qualify everybody, but I'm still at the point where I'm very open-minded. Um, and, mm-hmm. um, of course, I want to, uh, you know, go for the people who have the largest audience to help my audience also, but I also want to um, share and help people who I think have a good message who just haven't been heard enough. I, I, I had a, a clairvoyant on my show as well. Um, on this on this site about a month ago, uh, she was um, from Australia, and she had come into the the Los Angeles area for a conference, and we did a show together. And the next thing you know, she's doing a reading, and I'm just like freaking out, mm-hmm. going, "Oh my God, this is just so cool!" And you know, sometimes I think I'm intuitive, but probably I'm really probably not intuitive. I'm more observant, so I can I try to sort of gauge people by their by their actions and their behavior because my show is called Born to Talk and mm-hmm. that of, oftentimes means uh-huh <sighs> take a breath lady you know so I, I I'm aware when I when I uh, witness somebody looking at me like god do you ever shut up and the answer is of course <laughs> I do want people to have a chance to speak but yes I I, I tend to talk a lot uh, but so when we talk about your show what do you think right now are the prominent issues that single men and women are facing while they're searching for a partner? Because I can sure tell you what I'm finding, but I'd like to know what your thoughts are about that. Oh, I think one of the issues is something I touched on earlier is I think a lot of people don't know what they want and they don't know what they have to Mm -hmm. offer. So I think Mm -hmm. before anybody goes on a a dating journey, if you will, you need to ask yourself, uh, who am I? What do I want and what do I have to offer? And if you do that, a little bit of circumspection um, goes a long way. And I think the Mm -hmm. other thing is that um, women are uh, going all alpha in work and they're doing great. And uh, uh, invariably, the women dating experts that I have on the show say one of the one of the challenges they have working with women is to dial down the 
masculinity, if you will, and I'm not saying this in a bad way by any means, but the you know women mm-hmm. have to be pretty alpha at work, and then after work when it gets into dating, they want to be more uh, traditional lady lady. I'm mm-hmm. going to say it wrong, so I'm just saying they just want to dial that that down. But they also want mm-hmm. invariably they want men to be men, and I don't think men know what they should be because they're. I think men are petrified right now in terms of they don't want to do the wrong thing. They're like, okay, do I mm-hmm. need a uh, have a contract signed uh, before I get a first kiss or something? And it's it's like right. the romance. I think we have to be careful that. Let's protect the mystery and the romance a little bit. Um, you know, consensual is consensual, but you, these two adults, just behave like adults and it'll work out. You want that special mm-hmm. feeling when you lean in and two people kiss each other instead of, do I mm-hmm. have permission to kiss you now? You know, it, it just takes a little bit of the wind out of it. So I think the, that's an issue. The, the fact that men aren't sure what to do, where, you know, women want a guy to, they still want guys to pursue them, in my opinion, and they want a guy to have a plan. So the guy figures out who you are and what you like. He has to come out with a game plan, take the woman out, pay for the first date, and take it from there. And I think a lot of guys, they're mm-hmm. just, you know, they're on the computer. They're like, let's hang out. They don't know what a date is. And they need to, mm-hmm. they, and the women are like throwing up their hands saying, I, I need a man, but I don't need my mm-hmm. father. I don't need a old school man. I need a guy who mm-hmm. who sees how great it is to be a guy right now. And uh, right. it's rare because you have a lot of men who are really, because things are so unclear for men, a lot of them have actually are mistreating women. Instead of them being more open, they're more closed up and defensive because they don't want to be wrong. And I think you can see this also across our cultural, political landscape where everything's so polarized, where it's half mm-hmm. the people are on one side of the room and the other half of the people are on the other side of the room. And now they don't even get into conversation. Nobody's it's talking. Like everything's, right. right. Everything's through the own filter. That's just an echo chamber. And I think in dating, that is happening in a sense also because nobody's listening to each other. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting. I was um, in the car this weekend with um, a friend of mine that I've known since the seventh grade. She's married, and her daughter, who's in her late forties, and myself, and the daughter and I. So she could be my daughter for for that matter. And she's also in the in the online dating world. And it was really interesting to kind of compare notes because the internet dating world for a forty year forty year old is not similar to an internet dating for someone in their late 60s and we're not looking for the same things and and our experiences are much different and for me um you know some of these sites will say what are you looking for is it marriage is it a serious relationship is it a casual relationship it is a pen pal is it a travel partner mm-hmm. who are you looking for not not all sites ask that question but to me that's a very relevant question why are you here if you're just here to date and have a companion you're probably not exactly what i'm looking for because i don't want to be one of your many dates you know i'm looking personally i'm speaking for myself now personally i'm looking for that companion someone that wants just to date me and i just want to date you once we've met as you suggested and we determine that there is something that combines our our interests together or maybe there's things that that person does that you've never considered and maybe you do something that that person's never considered and that's fun too 
But I'm sort of to the point now, Robert, honestly, where I'm feeling like, doesn't anybody know anybody that they could just personally introduce me to? Because you know this person and you know me. And, and to me, it almost feels like at this stage in my life, it feels like that would be a more successful way of moving forward. But I think, as you said, you know, you believed as you said at the opening of our show, that you were you told your mom, I'm going to get married, and I'm going to open my heart to that, and I'm going to meet some woman, and that's precisely what you did. So I think that positive attitude is something I, I need to remind myself of as well as I work my way through this dating maze. It's kind of kind of crazy. Um, well, when, let me when just say one thing your, there, Marcia, and yes, we can move I'd on. I love but, that. Uh, sure. The key to all of the stuff I said was uh, it wasn't my determination. In fact, I got out of the way. I just knew that what I had learned was I wasn't making room in my heart for somebody else. Now, I'm not saying this about you by any means, um, uh-huh. but for myself, every, there's a key for everybody. My key was I had to make room for somebody else. And when I made room mm-hmm. for somebody else, that allowed space for somebody else to come in. And that's what did it for mm-hmm. me. It wasn't that I'm positive and I'm, gonna, I'm getting married. That was the furthest – I just – I, I only knew because I knew what I had, I wasn't doing that I needed to do. And I knew that mm-hmm. it was just a matter of time. It wasn't my doing anything behaviorally besides uh, knowing that I knew what I was doing wrong and that things mm-hmm. would work out. And so happened mm-hmm. that they did work out in kind of the time frame that I expected. But mm-hmm. it was more about my a heart belief. being open mm-hmm. than um, anything else that I did. Nice. It was. It's. It's very. It's. It's insightful. Um, in um, being on your current path that you are now, did you have some kind of incident or something that you experienced that sort of set you on this path that you're on today? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I've always been on a similar path, even though I'm a regular guy in business and I played sports and going out and drank and did drugs in you know, my younger days like everybody else into some form. Um, never got anything out of hand there. But um, mm-hmm. I was reading Carlos Castaneda books when I was like 13. I was always I was a kid between, you know, one and ten, I would be like praying a lot. And I was I think it was just a little bit of spirituality. And throughout my, mm-hmm. you know, I was in a business career, but I wanted to do something creative. I ran into a, a long story that I won't get into, but I start to take to augment. I figured I need to do something to give back. I don't feel like working in a soup kitchen in my spare time. I learned Reiki. And um, uh, Reiki, where you take in energy through your crown and out your hands, and you can help heal people and heal yourself through Reiki. So that was an inciting incident. And from there, I learned hypnosis. I'm advanced clinical master hypnotist. I took the... Uh, oh. uh, I got a certification then in gold Reiki and uh, Kundalini Reiki and took the uh, Jose Silva Life Method courses also. So I've always been one for, mm-hmm. like, do some things to improve yourself. But the big inciting incident for me came um, when my son was one. I was out jogging, and I'm a big runner. I've run three marathons, and I was running down mm-hmm. uh, the Jersey Shore, and I just had terrible pain. So I stopped, and I came home, and I was laying, writhing on the ground. I remember my, I had a one-year-old there, and I told my wife, I said, take him out. And I was just, I was like, shoot me. That's how bad the pain mm-hmm. is. That's it. I'm done. Like, I can't do, deal with this anymore. And then, then it mm-hmm. went away. 
And then the next day, the same thing happened again. And I'm like, this was over a 4th of July weekend. So I went to a doctor uh, when I got back to New York, and um, they did a CAT scan. They said, okay, you've got a kidney stone, but also you have, we found very early stage minor growth on each kidney. We think we should take those off robotically. I didn't know what robotic surgery was. I never even thought of my kidneys once in my entire life. And it was like I was looking at the the abyss into the yeah. abyss that um, that I never had. And I always was like, I wonder what I'll deal with because I had friends die and everything. What will, what will, what will happen? And I had my best friend die like five years earlier um, <sighs> from cancer. And he had a two-year-old. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? So I, I got through, I, through my training when I went, the first surgery was fine. The second one, I had to go back in five weeks to do the same thing again. And I'm like, this sucks. And I'm sitting there waiting to go into surgery. And I had the little net hat on and the bare feet and the little, you know, gown. And I was, you're so vulnerable. And they said, okay, 45-minute mm-hmm. delay. So I had to sit in this room by myself. And a voice came oh, over my me goodness. and said, said, you have power. You know, you have to help. If you want this to work out the way you want it to work out, you have to help the doctor. You have to release this into their hand. You have to release this, and you can do it. Use your power. And um, it wasn't like the voice of God up in the sky, a guy with a beard. It's just something in my head said that to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I went into the to the operating room, and I was they were just about to put the mask on me, and I grabbed the uh, very gently one of the doctor's arms and said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to release this to you. And um, then I went under and I came because my doctor, or my surgeon, he's 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 great, but he was nervous um, and I didn't want to lose a kidney. So after the surgery, I woke up mm-hmm. and he's got a big smile on his face. And he said, and he, mm-hmm. he's not the one I told what I told about helping. He said this mm-hmm. just thing, it just came right out, just it just popped right out. And there's nothing there's nothing left there. So your you know, prognosis, 98 percent chance that never happened again. That was an inciting incident for me. And it also mm-hmm. taught me that that's not enough. Western medicine is great and robotic surgery is a miracle. But you have to heal your environment if you want to heal yourself of illness. So a guest on my program, a guy by the name of Dr. Ahmed Ghazlami, he said he's a quantum physicist. In fact, his book is used as a textbook everywhere. And he said, you need to go to uh, Ayurvedic medicine and go through a protocol there. So he cooked me up, and I did. And it took me, it cost me real money that's not covered by insurance. And he, mm-hmm. he, and I went through this protocol where they did things with my blood, and they set, lied me in front of a biocharger, and I took a, a gazillion of these uh, all-natural supplements and just had a lot of different therapies done on me with magnets, pulling out emotional uh, blockages wow. and living, uh, having cells talk, start communicating with each other again in the area that I had been operated on. And my level of toxicity was reduced by 100%. And I said, that's it. This is 2.0. I had always had a fear in the back of my mind that I was going to reach a certain age, which I will not say that something was going to happen. And it was at that age, I was just going right into it when this all happened. So I had my chance wow. to like get you 2.0 or or not. And I figured, you know what? I was lucky that I, I, they found this out because the doctor said, you could have gone another 10 years and you wouldn't even known about this. But then we'd be having a different mm-hmm. conversation. So I figured I've yes. been blessed. So I have a purpose for myself. Now go out there and do it. So that was my inciting incident. Yeah, I would like to just also let the listeners know we've mentioned your website that one of your blogs talks um, 
a lot about what you've just said, including the supplements yes. that you that you utilize. Mm-hmm. So I'd recommend that if as you're listening today and you're listening to Robert's great story, and that's Manny spelled M-A-N-N-I, when you find him um, on the Internet, you can find him all over the place. He's a public guy just like I am. And well, I'm not a public guy, but I'm a public girl. But um, and 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 you 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 write about that, and I and I really I really did appreciate reading that. What what I'd like to know, and people have asked this question to me, so I would like to ask this of you. What advice would you give your younger self, based on what you know today? Um, that's a great question. I love it. And um, there's three things I would tell myself. Number one, I would say uh, believe in yourself because I think that's paramount to, to everything about how we you know, handle this journey. And it's interesting, uh, my dad who recently passed, he wasn't like a super affectionate guy, but I, he always had my back and he was loving in his, in his own you know, old school style. Mm-hmm. And um, one time I could see that he, he – he, I got this – I was living in New York – in the studio apartment, I got a, I got a post, uh, I got an, a letter from him. I opened it up. It was a card. It was a picture, a drawing of a kid standing on the stage with a violin behind his back, and he's looking out into the audience. And it just, you open up the card, and it said, "Believe in yourself, love Dad." I mm. kept it for like mm. 20 years, and it makes me mm. emotional just thinking about it. And it was the I'm greatest advice that. I've ever gotten. So that's one thing I would tell my younger self. Uh, number two. Uh, don't expect others to share your values and beliefs because people don't. Really? People are on their own path and their own timing. So I think I've tried so hard, uh, you know, to sometimes to change people or have them see my way, and it's a waste of time. You, all you can do is put it out there and just keep doing your work. Lead by example. Do your work. But the biggest thing, the third thing is, this sounds a little bit esoteric, but let me let me state it for you. Let this life that wants to be birthed, Show you what it takes to be. Show you what it wants to be. So let this life that wants to be birthed show you what it wants to be. In other words, and I was recently given this advice through um, somebody who did the little channeling, and my guides, if you will, gave me this message. And it basically means kind of don't be so controlling, kind of get out of the way and let things happen and be willing to listen to what the universe, which the universe loves you, wants for you. And um, so, you know, don't get sucked up in everybody else's nonsense and how society talks to us and how we come from a place of fear in this culture and lack and wanting and mm. always ultra uh, mega desire for everything. Just don't do it, do it that way. Let this life that wants to be birthed show you what it wants to be. Well, I just wrote that down. That's a that's a really that's really significant. Um, oh, listen, we have sirens. Um, I'm in Harlem. It, but, well, you know what? Well, I'm uptown. There you go, uptown. I, felt, I started singing. <laughs> that I is actually, that. I'm in a, uh, where, where I live, Marsh, is we, yeah. we have, you never know this until you move in someplace, and I, it's a lovely neighborhood, and I really love it here. We've been here about seven years, is that mm-hmm. sometimes, and they switch, it's like a flight path. The hospital, uh, there's a hospital and um, Mount Sinai, and the ambulances take different routes, and currently they're in a route that passes by outside my building. <laughs> well, you know, Such is New York. So, uh, well, so, you know, here's L.A. Monday, Monday's my show day. Monday's trash day. We have three bins that we put out in front of our house, a black one that's your trash, 
a green one that's your lawn clippings, and a blue one that is your um, recycling. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm sitting in a very quiet environment, except where every once in a while you might hear an airplane, because I live very close to Los Angeles International Airport. But Monday is trash day, and, you know, they do make noise. And I thought, well, you know, it's a live show, and we're live people, and things happen. So, you know, if that siren, when I hear a siren, my, my, my thought, I try to always take it to the positive and say, somebody's going to have a baby, and they're hurrying to get that person to the hospital as opposed to somebody having a heart attack or something terrible. Exactly. Um, you know, I like that. We've, you, you have you do, you say so much and you do so much. If people wanted to purchase your your guy's guidebook, um, can they find it on Amazon? Where would where would they go about finding yeah. your well, book? Yeah, well, since it came out a couple of years ago, uh, the best place to get it is probably Amazon. You can get the Kindle version or the or the uh, nice. physical copy, um, mm-hmm. and it's in some bookstores still, but. Um, yeah, that would be the best place to get it. Uh, any any of the uh, e-commerce sites, and I think the name of the book again is "The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love." And if you, if you check out the listeners, check out Amazon. You'll see the. Uh, yes. Fortunately, I've got uh, all five star reviews, and they're not my best friends either. I'm just very fortunate that people <laughs> really um, connected with the book. And as part of that process, I was asked to uh, develop. I wrote a screenplay, um, and yeah. that's being shopped around a little bit, and I have a TV series, nice. a treatment and a pilot, uh, because a lot of people said, hey, this would be a good TV show. Uh, and yes. so I said, okay. So I have all those pieces together. So the whole, the you know, the brand keeps growing. Well, I think that's great. And, you know, I when I wrote a blog about you, and I wrote a blog about your book, it was like, okay, where does the apostrophe go? Okay, the first apostrophe goes after guys. The second exactly. apostrophe goes between guys. I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. Yep. I got this. So I think that's very clever. Um, and people can also, as we said earlier, people can listen to your podcast the same way they listen to mine. And, you know, for people that are just driving in their car and maybe instead of putting, um, you know, the old rock and roll station on, perhaps they can just, throw on a podcast and listen to our show, but also listen to your shows and listen to my upcoming shows. Because like you, uh, you know, it's not like I'm wondering what I'm doing next week. I, I certainly know that next week I have a fabulous show with a lady and her husband that I, I met her through Toastmasters. And they, they've started a whole um, dot org organization called Walk the Ridge. And frankly, it's, hmm. it's in some ways uh, follows what you and I are talking about, which was civility. You know, we've lost our yeah. ability to be civil um, more now than it seems like ever before. And so we're going to be talking about that cause um, on my show next Monday. But, um, you know, I'm just curious. You had mentioned, I, I have a feeling you're probably a yoga meditation kind of guy. Um, how do you find the balance in your busy life? You've got a little boy, you write, you've got a show, you write in a book. How do you find your balance? Well, it's tough. I'm like an octopus, and I what I try to do <laughs> is do be present, do one thing at a time. I make sure I 
do some type of spiritual work, whether it's, I don't do yoga, but I do stretching, and I no. do Dan Millman, the uh, guy who wrote Peaceful Warrior. I do his four-minute workout every day, and it's incredibly good for your chi. I recommend it to every guy and every woman out there, but particularly for men because it, it unlocks your body, and it's great, and it's very short, and you can do it anywhere, any day. So I've been doing that for a couple of months, and it's made a major change. Repeat that I also name. Repeat that. Uh, it's Dan, well, Dan Millman, M-I-L-L-M-A-N, and he's got a four minute peaceful warrior workout okay okay perfect it's fantastic so i I make sure i do Mm -hmm. that so i do something uh i do something with affirmations and spirituality and that's in quotes uh, of self-betterment every day whether it's Mm self-hypnosis a meditation a physical exercise i'm doing the same it can be done folks i've been i'm doing the Mm -hmm. same workout i was doing 30 years ago if you and I went through the two robotic surgeries, so you can do it. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Just taking one step at a time, and then I also I put time aside for my business, put time aside mm-hmm. for my creative stuff, and time aside for my family, and then rinse mm-hmm. and repeat. And um, I find it invigorates me because I'm I'm working for them, I'm working for me, and um, I got my 2.0. So I, uh, uh, this is how I want to do it. I have to be careful to heed the advice that I was given, which is let this life that wants to be birthed show you what it wants to be. You know, that's, that is so powerful. So those words, let this life be, did, was that given to you or did you? Yes. Where, who offered no, that? Did it, somebody it, offer that? Actually, uh, you know, interesting. Uh, we talked about you know when publicists find you. Well, and I also said, yes. well, some guests, potential guests, reach out. Well, a woman contacted me last week, and um, I noticed one name that she was connected with on Facebook with somebody I really respect. So I said, okay, and uh, yeah, they'll send me your stuff. So she sent me the stuff, and I said, you know what? Would you mind just giving me a little bit? I want to see how you work. Could you, you know, re- give me a very quick reading? And she said, sure. Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know what, we're hosts of these shows. We get a little free readings now and then. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. So she called sure. me up, and she's like, I don't want to know anything. And uh, she kind of tapped in, and she said, this is what's going on with you in terms of physical and uh, aura and all of that. And then she said, this is the message that's coming through from your guides. My guides connect to your guides, and this is what they're saying. Now, and that's exactly the words, because when I heard it, it was so prolific and it was so real mm-hmm. and so true for me that I wrote it down. And I think, you know, for anybody who wants to kind of create those connections, you have to, be, you have to protect yourself, you have to ground yourself, but you also have to be open. And I say that for men all the time. You've got to be open to looking at this world differently. And mm-hmm. you may find that a lot of things that we've been taught are the whole thing is upside down. And you know what? It's better to know the truth. It's better to know the truth. Don't worry about it. And, you know, I think it takes even a greater meaning when you're a parent. And now you understand this legacy, just like with your father, that, that beautiful thing that you, that you talked about earlier about believing in yourself. It gives mm-hmm. you an opportunity to, to share that with your son, um, just not only in your words, but also in your actions, and we learn a lot from our parents. I, 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 here's something that my dad always said to me, which is kind of funny since the name of my show is Born to Talk. He would say to me, and I was young, he would say, engage your gears before you engage your mouth. 
And it's like, <laughs> he didn't mean that in a kind way. I'm just telling you. But I've never forgotten it. Engage your gears before you engage your I love mouth. it. I thought, okay, Dad, thank you for that, for those thoughts. I was always that kid in trouble in school. What can I tell you? It was like, that wasn't me. That was the guy behind me talking. Um, so tell me, in the, in the few minutes that we have remaining, because this hour just flies, What's up next for you? Do you have something? I, I think you mentioned you might be working on another book. Is that was that your yeah, next big project? Yeah. Um, what I'm going to do is because I have to with the I doubled up on the radio podcast. I do the weekly blogs. I it just it's a lot. So I decided mm-hmm. I'm going to shut everything down for the summer. I'm doing pre-recorded guys guys radio podcasts, and then then they'll be posted. But I'm going to. Uh, Go down the shore, the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. I have a place down there. My son's going to be with me during the week, oh, and um, he's going to a, a camp that's run actually by my niece. So he's going to be in good hands there, and then I'm going to take that time. My wife's going to come down on weekends, and I'm going to write this uh, men's book that I want to do that uh, kind of a regular guy's guide to spiritual seeking, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be all esoteric, and can I, I'm not going to use the word spirituality in it because it's a polarizing to some people, but uh, sure. just a book to help people. And uh, I'm going to get it down this summer and see where we go from there, and then I want to get back and do the sequel to The Guys, Guys, Got to Love, but I wanted some of this heat to blow over with the Me Too, um, so uh, mm-hmm. I want to be able to factor that in to this new novel because it's a real, uh, it's, actually, it's an issue that's not going to go away and uh, it needs right. to be uh, in the forefront, but it's going to, it's you know, as time elapses, things will change a little bit and people will have a different perspective on it, and I'd like to actually talk about it in a novel, take the chance mm-hmm. that, that I don't upset people, but I'm going to put it through how guys may see some of this stuff and uh, continue mm-hmm. the story that I want to write. So that's what I have well, uh, lined up for the this year. I can hardly wait to see that happen. And in the just a few moments that we have remaining, I just want to thank you for taking the time out today in a very busy schedule that you have to join me in my the end of of month two on Blog Talk Radio. And Congrats. I I hope that it, it's just been wonderful, Robert. I, I'm I appreciate how our friendship has developed. And I'd like to encourage people to listen to your show. Yes. (laughs) You know, I I have a hard time with that now. I find myself saying ditto (laughs) because I used to say me too all the time, and I don't want to (laughs) confuse the two. So I say ditto. So ditto. (laughs) So I want to thank you for for being my guest. And, And for those of you that are out there, this is how you can follow me. Sometimes people don't really know how to spell Waiteka. It's not an easy name to spell. My husband was Polish. So I'm going to spell my name for those of you listening. I'm the Marsha, that's the S-H-A, so it's M-A-R-S-H-A. And my last last name is spelled W-I-E-T-E-C-H-A. That's pronounced Waiteka. And you can find me on the Born to Talk radio show on Facebook. You can find me on Born with the letter with the number two talk on Twitter because you know we got to be all over the place. And yep. if you're listening and you're thinking, "Gosh, I would just love to be in touch with Marsha because I have a story to tell," reach out. I'll be happy to have a conversation with you and learn more about what your story is all about. But today, this story was all about you, Robert. And it's just been delightful, and I just want to thank you so very much for being my guest today. 
Well, thank you, Marsha, and all the best. Um, I'm so glad we're friends, and all the best for your show. You're going to do fantastic. I loved your TV show. And um, mm-hmm. and I look forward. You're going to be a guest on Guys Guys Radio. We're going to set a date for that I and do it, I and am. I can't wait. Yep. Me too. So until uh, next time, thank you so very much for joining me today, and I look forward to staying in touch with you, Robert. Okay. Thanks, Marsha. Thanks, okay. everybody. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Ciao. Stop by any of the 133 Los Angeles area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like getting a service dog for a child in need and buying science materials for a third grade class. And we can help you too with a great deal on an award-winning Honda, like the reliable and completely redesigned Accord, the 2018 North American Car of the Year. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know.